Yes, You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and we have Matt, and we're here for a very special episode because joining us is my co-host from another podcast, Ashley Hancock. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Yes! This is so exciting. This is like the crossover event of the year for me. I mean... This is bigger than Avengers. This is bigger than anything you can imagine because my two worlds are colliding here. And um, and I feel sort of like the mother introducing her, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, new boyfriend or stepchild to someone else. So we're navigating this together. <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. I was like a mother introducing one <laughs> child to another child. Like, who's the mother <laughs> introducing? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm so excited that you're here, Ashley. Thanks. Your podcast is like the founding podcast in the mm-hmm, dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to every episode. I'm I'm so keyed in on all of the Taylor Swift drama, despite the fact that I don't particularly like Taylor Swift. So I'm excited to get to talk to you about the about the album and Taylor and just all of all of the shenanigans that surround this. Well, you're welcome. Um, I'm a little bit nervous because I you do have a reputation that precedes you. <laughs> so <laughs> I am, uh, you know, I'm ready to tackle Taylor. I'm ready to Bible bass yeah. with you. Yeah. I'm ready to go, you know, full force. Yes. yes. We're ready for combat, as Taylor would say. Mm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but um, Ashley and I um, run a Taylor Swift podcast called Swiftish, and we've been doing it for about two years now. We met through basically at a dog park. We were talking and uh, realized we were both huge Taylor Swift stands, which when you're our age, you don't tend to find people who like are that obsessed. But we realized we were, and this was right when Reputation was coming out. And so we decided to start a podcast to kind of explore not only like Taylor Swift's life and romances and drama, but her music because we're huge fans of her songwriting and her storytelling and just her abilities there on um, sort of the business and creative level. Yeah. And I think that what's so great about our podcast is we have Shelly, who you guys know is amazing, and she is a writer, and she can really go into the bricks. So I'm really excited to hop in on this with you. (laughs) Yeah. And Ashley is our go-to creative force. She can Mm -hmm. pick up on numbers. She's keyed into symbols and metaphors and possible links to past songs. So there's just a wide history there. And this isn't just a plug for our Swiftish podcast. No, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) So I think we owe our listeners a little bit of backstory just as far as like Matt's opinion of Taylor Swift, because obviously I've been out and proud on Taylor about Taylor throughout PS You're Wrong and obviously with Swiftish as well. Yeah, I'm, I really want to know Matt because, you know, I've been sweating a little bit, <laughs> just not knowing what I was getting myself yeah. into by coming onto this podcast. So yeah. <laughs> I need to learn more about this. I am also nervous because, <laughs> you know, Swifties are are a terrifying force on social media. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I'm worried that I could possibly get dragged for my opinions. But in the... <laughs> In the name of journalistic integrity, I will be doing my best to to, <laughs> to give my true opinions. Um, yeah, I guess my like interactions with Taylor Swift, her first three albums are country albums. I'm not really a country music person. I'm not from the South. Like, 
So I didn't really listen to them. I'm not I don't know. From I, the I was kind of <laughs> okay. indifferent. Well, you guys live in Texas now and whatever. California, that's where I grew up. Yeah, yeah. We're very far from the south, but I appreciate the attempt. So continue. Either way, whatever. Didn't country music not not my cup of tea. Even in preparation for this, I was yeah, sort of yeah. like, do I have to go back and listen to like speak now? And I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. Like that's too much for me. So the first three albums I only knew like the singles from. Um, and like the Taylor Swift VMA thing happened somewhere in here mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Kanye, you know, like gets up and says that Beyonce is the greatest uh, <laughs> artist of all time and that she should have won. Yeah. And I am a huge Beyonce fan and also a huge <laughs> Kanye fan. So my interests were aligned against Taylor Swift <laughs> from the get go there. And I don't know, just like through through kind of like the rest of her career and some of her choices and some of her songs, I have found her sort of like an irksome figure. And (laughs) I like some of her music, some of it not so much. I will say, though, that when 1989 came out and Shake It Off came out, I was one of those people who heard Shake It Off on the radio, thought, oh, this is a good song. Who is this by? And then was shocked to find that it was from Taylor Swift and you know, had to really reassess myself as a human being for mm-hmm, several weeks mm-hmm, afterwards. Mm-hmm. And when they came out with that SNL sketch about Swift, I mean, about how like all these people <laughs> like Taylor Swift songs when they don't like Taylor Swift, I I related very hard to oh my that. Gosh, I was just going to bring um, that up. I always talk about that. Always. Yes. Yes. Such a, if you haven't seen that short from SNL, you definitely should go check it out because it is. It is very on point for how I was feeling at whatever time that was. But then I get to where, but also, you know, Taylor Swift was sort of just like one of a pantheon of pop culture figures. And I didn't have that many opinions on her in relation to anybody else. I feel like until I moved to New York and started working with (laughs) Shelby, who was a huge Taylor Swift stan and was always trying to convince the rest of us in the office how great she was. And I just happened to have the pleasure of working with Shelby (laughs) during the Kim Kardashian national snake day fiasco and just watching the meltdown of Taylor Swift, which was truly a glorious moment to behold. Shaking my head was, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, that Shelly was shook. Yeah. No, I mean it was a it was a wild time in our office. I just want to say though, it wasn't like I would come in and be like, You guys, today is the day I convince you to like Taylor Swift. You (laughs) and a couple other employees nettled me constantly and were like, She doesn't write her own stuff. You guys were trying to trigger me into fighting and I I always took the bait. So that's on me. But it's <laughs> as, also as a true Swifty should. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you. So, I mean, we've been through a lot in our in our Taylor Swift conversations with Matt and um and he is a listener of Swiftish. I mean, wow. why do you listen to Swiftish if you don't like Taylor Swift? Well, I, Taylor <laughs> Swift for me is a fascinating human being. I just think like the, she's such an enigma and the inner workings of her brain are just so intriguing to me that listening to her come up with what she's doing, why she's doing it, her rationale, her marketing strategies, these are all like very fascinating subjects. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, her fans <laughs> are like a breed all their own. So listening to all of the stories about like 
you know, oh, somebody met Taylor Swift at one event <laughs> and then they got invited to something else. And then all of the other fans like attacked them online and were like, you already met Taylor. You don't deserve to meet her again. Yeah. Like you should delete your account. You should have told her that I already met you and just like left the party right then. You shouldn't have come. I, like just the group think there is so fascinating. And it's like your podcast does not disappoint because every single Thanks. week I think what could there possibly be going on in the life of Taylor Swift and Swifties? And yet somehow or another, they come up with something. We get content. So it's truly, yeah. it's truly yeah. gold. <laughs> it is. And thank you so much for listening. I felt like you were quoting me when I was like, you've met Taylor. Don't meet her again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Screaming that from the rooftops. And we, and you know, we talked on our podcast briefly about the about the like fence hole number theory <laughs> and she's on this many steps and there's this many palm mm-hmm. trees and how this was like signaling things. All of the numerology is like Illuminati mm-hmm. levels yeah. and it's like Beyonce and, shit. Know, there's just yeah. so <laughs> much. Yes. Beyonce's actually a member of the Illuminati. I think that Taylor Swift wants <laughs> to be a member trying, of the Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Please. She's trying very hard. Please take my submission. <laughs> Because in order to be a member of the M- Illuminati, I think you have to have sold your soul to the devil. And then you get like, you know, there, nothing bad can happen to you after that. And oh, Taylor Swift, you know, just wants that she, to happen. She, but she hasn't keeps, gotten there yet. She keeps yeah. like <laughs> shooting herself in the foot. I feel like after this um, album, you might think twice after listening to False God. She might have yeah. sold her soul to someone. Yeah. <laughs> something something i mean that's the i mean topic of the hour right is sort of like taylor swift drawing on her personal life and having these albums that are so fun to dig into and kind of explore and then the fact that she's gone from country to pop and exploring different levels of pop and what that what that means how it's working and if she will continue to up the game for herself and um and i i don't know i mean i'm excited to talk about this i've been living and breathing lover for the last i guess three days has it only (laughs) been three days it feels like it's been 30 days 30 years that's what it feels like (laughs) i don't know can i ask a question first i need to know matt what's your favorite taylor swift song because you hate her but what song do you like yes not from lover I was thinking about this because I was like, this question is probably going to come up. (laughs) I feel like peak Taylor Swift. I think like when the history books write their, you know, passages on Taylor Swift, I think that the peak of her has passed. I think that was like with Red (laughs) in 1989. I feel like we're in a post-peak era of Taylor. (laughs) But, you know, it it happens to everybody at some point. The, The... I I don't know. I really I feel like maybe my favorite song is I don't know. This is this is hard. You I said like you thought about it. So. Yeah. Yes, I did. But now I'm but now I'm like rethinking about it as I'm saying this. I think probably 22 is my favorite song. 22. Cute. Not because it's necessarily like a great like song or 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 amazingly written or anything like that would separate it. I just really like it and I think it's like a fun upbeat song and I also think that it's a cool song that she wrote because 22 is a year that really like has no other exciting feature of it and so everyone's Instagram posts when they turn 22 from now until the end of time will be lyric from that song. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she keyed in on a niche market there and <laughs> and it was really easy to rhyme you with because yeah. i don't know yes. about you but i'm feeling 22 mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay yeah. okay levels so, of songwriting yes. there but 
Um, what's your favorite, Ashley? Just so our listeners can have a taste oh of who they're goodness. dealing with. So outside of Lover, I would have to say I really like Wonderland. That's oh, yeah. one of my favorites. All too well. Um, you know, there's so many others. But, oh, my gosh, All Twell and Wonderland are, like, and King of My Heart. Those are the three mm-hmm. that I really, like, jive with right now. What is – is Wonderland an early <gasps> song? I don't think I've heard that one. No. It's on 1989. Oh, it it's is? It's a bonus track. It's oh, a bonus track. Mm-hmm. bonus track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't Deep have any cut. bonus tracks. Yeah. No yeah. bonus <laughs> tracks on Lover. But from 1989, I think, all the way to Taylor Swift, her first album, she had bonus tracks. Well, there's there's a lot of tracks on Lover <laughs> as it is. I'm not sure mm-hmm. that we need a bonus track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if anyone's asking, my favorite's Holy Ground. So I oh, yeah. just wanted to share that with the class. But um... okay. thank you, Shelby. Thank you. That How was rude. I was wondering. Yeah. Um, but I mean, should we? get into this i mean i guess i'm operating on this idea that most everyone knows who taylor swift is like you you have to whether good or bad she has become a pop culture icon people either know her for the drama with with uh, kanye with katie perry with Nicki minaj whatever beast she's gotten into or they know her for music and songs like you belong with me and uh, all too well just Punctioning. Or boys um, she's dated. Yeah, mm-hmm. or boys she's That's another dated. one too. That's another delightful in on Taylor Swift. So, I mean, do you guys think there's anything else we need to cover before uh, diving into Lover? Well, I I just wanted to say. So, I've been thinking a lot about Taylor Swift in the last yeah. couple of days, last couple of weeks in preparation for this podcast, <laughs> and I feel like one of the reasons why I find her such an aggravating figure, <sighs> and why I think a lot of other people do as well is this issue of like genuineness and mm-hmm. and I think that she like has a has a couple of different modes that she runs on mm-hmm. and they sort of go against each other in a lot of different ways <laughs> Explain. so that so that she can so that she, I think that she she comes across sort of as not genuine or hypocritical in things that she's saying because on uh, on one hand she's like too cold and calculated on another hand she's like she seems over emotional she wants people not to be interested in her personal life and it's sort of like why is the media coming into my personal life and yet she's writing these songs that have sort of like these personal details sprinkled throughout them she's kind of like used some of a lot i feel like her career (laughs) in a lot of ways is built on these like Mm -hmm. big moments or these big like moments that are aside from her music and she uses that when she wants to and then at other points she wants you not to focus on that so i think there's just a lot of like dichotomies that she is balancing and doesn't always necessarily do it in the best ways. And I think it's a lot to discuss like at one point, but I feel like as we're going through these songs, we'll sort of like touch on some of these Mm -hmm, different mm -hmm. issues that it's like, okay, well, it's this way at one point and then it's this way at another point. And sort of like as a skeptical person looking at her, it's well, well, like which way do you want it? Like you can't have well, it's your almost cake like and she's eat it a, too. It's almost like she's a complicated woman, you know. It's almost like she has uh, layers to her. I don't know because it sounds like if she was a man, people wouldn't be saying this. <laughs> oh, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, this is already gearing up to be quite the battle so royale. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we thought it would be fun to kind of at the beginning of this, ni- none of us have talked, like not even Ashley and mm-hmm. I have talked really mm-hmm. about the album, the tracks, what we think. So we're just going to go around and guess <sighs> what each other's favorite from the album is and what each other's least favorite from the album is. This is hard. So um, I know it really is a <laughs> just anyone's guess. Should we each guess for both of the other people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be good. Okay. It'll be interesting because, Matt, you and I don't really know each other. So it'll be like our impressions of each other. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. If if fights can come out of this, then I will be all the merrier for it. But <laughs> I also <laughs> think... I think I struggle to know what Matt likes mm-hmm. a lot, especially on the music scene. So really, I I was not sure about this. So I don't know. Matt, do you want to go first? Sure. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. I feel like Shelby's favorite song on this album is The Man. It feels like it feels very on brand if that was your favorite. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. Like, just message-wise, not necessarily, mm-hmm. like, musically. Mm-hmm. Although you do like a bop, and it's sort of a bop, so that so that mm-hmm. also checks out mm-hmm. for me. I feel like your least favorite song is... Well, are we talking about me in in this? Because I feel like it's me, but it could... But I, I also know that you already hate counts, that song. You know, I think that's, okay. you know, because something else could have come. It, I think we can go off the whole album. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say me is your least okay. favorite. And okay. then let's see for Ashley. Which one do I think that you would like the most? Hmm. Hmm. Just um, feeling her energy, you know. Yes, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to like suss out because on one hand, I feel like you do like a ballad, but you also like kind of some of these like more darker oh. songs. Mm. I think I'm gonna go with Miss Americana and the okay. Heartbreak Prince okay. as your favorite. And then as your least favorite, <laughs> there's some of these that are just like, like <laughs> probably should have been cut from the album. But I, so which one of those is probably the worst? <laughs> yeah, tell me, because then that'll give me a clue on what one's your <laughs> least favorite. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's, let's see. Um, I'm going to say that your least favorite is... Uh, I think he knows. <laughs> I think he knows. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Those are my guesses. <laughs> okay. Ashley, do you want to go? Yeah. Take so, Shelby, I'm not going to be very original because unfortunately you let Matt go first. <laughs> and the man that okay. that's your anthem. Anyone who listens to our <laughs> podcast will think it's the man too. Yeah. Just, and yeah, it's a compliment. brand. It yeah. is. It's very Shelby. Very Shelby-esque. Thank and I mean, you. I already know that me is probably your least favorite too. You have been very loud and proud about that on our podcast. Yeah. So yeah. that is my guess. And, okay, you know, okay. I kind of, for Matt, once he said he liked 22, it threw a little wrench in, in the mm. bucket. So I am really struggling on this. I texted Shelby my guesses. So I need to... I need to think about it. Let me see. Okay. I'm going to say, oh, can I, I, can I throw out two? Can I throw out two like this or that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. say it's either a boy because that reminds me of like 22. It's boppy. Um, I don't know. Maybe you like to ride a scooter. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, but also, I kind of feel like you have taste in music. So I would also say that 
death by a thousand cuts would probably be one of your favorites. I don't know. Least favorite. I'm just gonna have to go with me. I, I just, I, I don't know. Safe bet I don't know. If, likes you know, me. I don't yeah. know if I'm like outing myself there, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So then I'm going to go ahead and say, this is tough for me, but I think so for Matt, oh, I just, I think I'm projecting what I, what I hope you would like on to you, but I think your favorite, it's hard. I think I think your favorite would be paper rings. And okay. um and I think your least favorite is oh <laughs> all of them? I'm gonna say I think your least favorite is London Boy, actually. Oh and then yeah. I'm gonna say for Ashley, I think your favorite is also paper rings because okay. it is a bop and a half. Okay. And I'm gonna say your least favorite though is I it's nice to have a friend. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which yeah, I can tell I did fun. not get right. No, 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 by no. Reaction. <laughs> I, no, I'm I have like a stone I, I can't you're right, you're I right. can't you're let you know poker. how I'm feeling. Yeah. Poker face right yeah. here. I'm Lady Gaga. <laughs> well, thankfully I couldn't I'm not gonna I'm not outing myself right now, but I have to let you know how I sorted everything. So when you find out my favorite ones, I couldn't put you know, right to left, up to down. So I went on Tumblr and they had a sorting mm-hmm. hat, like a little sorter. <laughs> so I let it choose for me and I wanted to see if it was right. So you guys will find out. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, I, I'm excited to kind of go through this and talk about these like track by track. But to begin with, I think this album made a lot of news because there's 18 tracks on it. It's Taylor Swift's largest album. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like that there that possibly she could have trimmed some fat <laughs> off of this a little bit. Yeah. So so I know that Taylor Swift's favorite number is 13. So I went ahead and um and have pared down the album to what I feel like sh- would be its <laughs> ideal 13 song form. So as we go I'll let you know where I feel like oh, the cuts okay. should Thank be you. made. Yeah, you're yes. doing the Lord's work. Bless, yes. So bless helpful, you. Matt. <laughs> yeah. Where were you when she was making this? Like, you should have just stepped yeah. in Jack's shoes and been like, okay, sorry, I'm going to let you finish, yeah. but I'm going to finish this. this for you. Yeah. I, yeah. I've i been in Taylor Swift's apartment oh. building. So you so know her. I, I should have just gone up a couple of floors were and been like, um, excuse or? me, miss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I have been there. I'm not sure if I've told this story on the podcast before. No. So I have a friend who, or I used to have a friend who lived like a couple floors below her in a building. And it's not a super big building in Tribeca. Yeah. There's only What kind of friend did stories. you have who no. lived there? Well, That's like it where was Orlando like, Bloom lives. Yes, I know. It was very, it was like a friend who uh, was like very, like a friend of a friend who was very okay. wealthy, but had like yeah. a, several parties there. So I was there like a couple very of times. Nice. And, and there's only two units per floor. So it's like 12 units in the yeah. whole building. But the top two, she bought both of them and like converted them into one big apartment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> but on all of the occasions that I was there, there were like random people outside and it went like, you know, like lurking around fans. <laughs> and at one point we, you know, you have to be like buzzed in by somebody and we were buzzed in. And before no. the door could close, these like gr- group of girls <gasps> got in and we're sort of just like hanging around in oh the gosh. foyer. And we were like, well, what do we do? <laughs> like, 
like, do I go over there and kick them out? Like, you know, <laughs> like this is strange. And it's very weird that her building doesn't have a doorman. Yeah. But luckily, her apartment, you can't get to it without a key, like yeah. the floor, like the elevator doesn't go there. So I think they just eventually left. But it was very, it was like semi stressful for me and my friends to be like, oh, shoot, we just yeah. let Taylor Swift's assassin into the building. And now, you know, it's going to be She's on, been very on, open. On I think pants. just recently she said something about like, it's just so hard. There are people always staring, always like stopping, like she can't get any privacy, like no matter what people are outside of her house, just waiting for anything. So I think that's definitely as hard. Yes. I'm embarrassed for those people. Well, at one point, didn't she, at one point, didn't she like supposedly leave her apartment in like a suitcase or something? (laughs) Yeah, she did. I definitely saw that. Like an unconfirmed rumor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That that was never confirmed. I think that was Joe. I don't. I don't think it was. Yeah, she's it was like, get him out of here. It looks yeah. like a really heavy suitcase. It's <laughs> yeah. so like I'm imagining Joe. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Taylor Swift is dating Joe Alwyn, who is yeah. an actor. You He's may know him it. as the rapist from <laughs> uh, Boy Erased. Yeah, or the Nazi in um, Operation Finale, or whatever it's called. Or the or the dumb husband from the favorite. Okay, yeah, I like that better. Lots, lots of good roles. Last, yeah, last year. <laughs> But a little background on Lover. This is Taylor Swift's seventh album. It comes off the heels of Reputation, which was after it was her longest break from doing music. She disappeared for a while, came back, had this angsty sort of snake themed era to kind of combat the haters. And now she has been cleansed and born again and is coming out pastel and sparkly with um, Lover, which like you said, um, she sort of explores love of all variations. That was her that was her goal with this album, and she took 18 tracks to do it. So let's get into it and see how she did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the enthusiasm. Uh-huh. Um, so right off the bat, first track, the um, opening number is a song called I Forgot That You Existed. And this is um, produced with someone new. She's never worked with um, Louis Bell and Frank Dukes. And they also helped with the writing. So Adam Feeney, too. Oh, yeah. Adam Feeney was a writer as well. So are we likers? Are we lovers? I'm going to say I don't know if Matt is because a lot of people, they might be thinking she's playing the victim here. I don't know. (laughs) Do you like it, Matt? I like the song. It's like very boppy and fun. Mm-hmm. I would not cut this from Good. the album. Oh, if given yeah. The chance. Um, I do feel like, though, it's a little bit of me thinks the lady doth mm-hmm. protest too much. <laughs> it's very much like I, I don't even remember you. I completely forgot. I forgot that you existed. I'm not focused on you at all. But I did write this whole song about you that cites <laughs> specific details and things that you did to me. But don't worry. I'm over it. I'm definitely over it. 100%. But don't you think Taylor's a little bit more self-aware than you give her credit for like do you think she really wrote this know. song and was like i totally don't remember or do you think she's sort of playing into that sort of campy idea that she's just being flippant and petty and funny i oh that's so hard <laughs> because she definitely is a petty person but i think that she didn't <laughs> want to admit that she was a petty person for a long time so i don't fully know if like she does have that line in Lover, or I think it's Lover, where she talks about how she's over dramatic. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. yes, which I I was like, okay, this is good. You're accepting these things about yourself now. But I don't know 
if this whole if this whole song is spoofy or not. Well, you but, know, we have but maybe it reputation. is. So like you know she can call out her pettiness. And a lot mm-hmm. of people kind of like they see a little ties of reputation in here. It's not all of it, but it just strings mm-hmm. in here and there. Yeah, I feel like this was a perfect segue from reputation to lover. Yeah. I don't think she could have made lover without without sort of addressing the fact that she's leaving behind this smoke and mirrors reputation era. Um, but what I liked about this song, one, it's so much fun. And I think it really channels a feeling everyone has. And so it's sort of this relatable moment you can kind of dig into where you're like, yeah, I don't need you anymore. I'm over you, you loser. And you can just mm-hmm. dance to it. But it also, a lot of people are torn about who this one is about because at first glance, it's like, oh, it's Kanye. But then some people are like, this is about her girl squad and Carly dropping her after the Kimye gate. And then some people think it's about Calvin Harris, which is my favorite reading of this song. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's just basically all that tied into one though, because all that stuff <laughs> yeah. happened in the same summer in the same year. So it's mm-hmm. more, I think it's just all together. I don't think it's specifically just about one person. I think it's about the haters. Right. I think it's about the lovers. I think it's about the exes. I think it's all encompassed yes. together. And I love it too because it's like it's I, I'm gonna I'll probably say this a million times, but Taylor Swift is so relatable. Like you don't need to be stabbed in the back to relate this. This could be, you know, I forgot my problem. It could be, you know, just something you're dealing with too. So doesn't that definitely doesn't need to be just about haters. So, you know, Taylor, just relatable, Matt. I'm going to throw that out a million times. Just be prepared. (laughs) Yeah, Matt. Yeah. (laughs) I I do feel I like in my notes, I think that that one of her strengths, I think she's really famous or she's reached the point of fame that she has for two reasons. One is that she can write these songs that like pick out these little moments that are very relatable and especially to someone who is like a young person and like going through a lot of like very strong emotions and she can somehow like just key into that so perfectly where on songs like you belong with me or mean or all too well where it's like she just finds this way to like get in your psyche and Mm -hmm. then you can listen to it over and over and over again and imprint whatever like you have onto the song so she's definitely doing that here and I could see this um, like people really relating to this. The The other reason why she's famous is because she has been embroiled in a million controversies <laughs> that were semi up her own making, but we'll get to that. That first bit was such a good sound bite. I can't wait to just like, yeah, yes, to just pull that. <laughs> um, and then um, we get into the meat of the, uh, of the uh, album, I guess with the second track, which is called cruel summer. And this is a Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff number, but it also was written in part by St. Vincent. Yes. So, a fun twist. I don't know if you guys like her, but I do. She's She has some good some good stuff. Oh, so did you like this? Well, I really liked the song. I, I just wasn't exactly sure what it was about. Mm-hmm, I felt like a lot mm-hmm. of the lyrics were confusing. And, and like... Uh, it was sort of like a Mad Libs generator. Oh. Like if you were like uh, <laughs> oh, robot, no. write a write, like 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 the music was really good, but like robot, write lyrics for Taylor <laughs> Swift, and she'd be like, like oh, okay, like this. You is know, what it so is. Yeah. I was yes. super excited for the song because "Cruel Summer." You just think it's going to be more of like a 
I forgot you that you existed kind of thing. That's what I was thinking. Right. It was going to be like, oh, you know, 2016, mm. people are mean to her, boo-hoo. So I was like, oh, give me the dirt. But then it just turned around to be, in my interpretation about Taylor, you know, it was a cruel summer because she had to hide this guy that she was, you know, dating and she just she had to keep it a secret and it was just terrible, you know, heart-wrenching for yeah. her. That's how I took it. That's why it was so cruel. How do we uh, how do we think Tom Hiddleston feels about this song? <laughs> so was that the reading of this then that it's like it's a cruel summer because she has to like hide this person? Because, yeah, I was confused. She has like lines like um, devils roll their dice, angels roll their eyes. Like, I don't know what that means. The the part where she's talking about how she's like coming home from the bar and she says, I don't want to keep secrets just to keep you. And I snuck in through the garden gate every night that summer just to steal my fate and scream for whatever it's worth. I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? Like, what is like, what is the situation? I feel like I don't see the story there. Okay. So once upon a time, Joe Alwyn and Taylor Swift hit it off at the Met Gala in um, 2016. But things with Calvin Harris fizzled and burned and she needed some good press. She needed an escape. She found it in the arms of a goody two-shoe boy named Tom Hiddleston. Rode off into the sunset. Things did not go well. She ended it and found her way back into the friend zone with one Joe Alwyn. But she was worried that her feelings for him, as portrayed in Delicate, um, would kind of leave her brokenhearted. And she wondered if someone could survive uh, a relationship in the spotlight, a la Dancing With Our Hands Tied. Mm-hmm. And so Cruel Summer sort of explores this anxiety, which is something she covers a lot in this album, where she wants something so bad, but she doesn't trust that she can have it, that she deserves it, that it'll work out. And so like the lines you just read, like, oh, I don't want to keep secrets just to keep you. She wishes she could you know, not be hiding in suitcases on her way out of the (laughs) apartment. And she wishes it was just a little easier maybe to have a relationship and to trust that that relationship can survive the public eye. Okay. Okay. The end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is a very, a lot of backstory (laughs) for a song, but it does make more sense given these parameters. Well, that's what I kind of, I think this album is, is very different for Taylor in that it's a little like wordier. Like her songs are a little more complex and kind of, um, nebulous maybe than she used to be, especially with rep, which was very straightforward, kind of like looking like some of the songs are great, but a lot of them just feel kind of like, fast put together kind of just here's the songs here's my references enjoy and this is a lot meatier and kind of you know like you said kind of you have to read through it to kind of explore what she's saying it's it's harder to kind of get into and so this is one that honestly i don't remember the lyrics but i do enjoy the sound yeah and it's it's been weird to kind of listen to an album and not immediately remember what she's singing about but i'm having a good time listening i like the song it's not my favorite um i really hyped Mm -hmm. it up i thought you know it, it was if matt's aware she puts a lot of easter eggs and a lot of her music music videos and a lot of her promotional and mm-hmm. she used it in the you need to calm down music video alan degeneres was getting a cruel summer tattoo and then she just used i think it was in spotify there was a butterfly and it said cruel summer on it so she's been like you know throwing mm-hmm. it out giving us a little bait so i was really excited for this one and i like it it's just not my favorite song on the album in case anyone was wondering yeah and it's sort of interesting but not, your least not my least favorite, favorite. no no <laughs> okay Um, But I mean, like you said, I think Taylor Swift also has this interesting 
I don't know, quirk where she chooses really weird lead singles that leave everyone wondering why she hadn't chosen yes. something else. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of the quote unquote locals, <laughs> the non-stands, Matt. wondered why she didn't lead with Cruel Summer because it seemed like it would have been a smarter move, a more popular song. It's something a lot of people like, um, but it also would address sort of like, you know, like you said, some of that drama that we expect. Also, this would have been a good song to release at the beginning of summer, which is when this album <laughs> yeah. cycle started. True. So yeah. it does feel like it would have been a good move. But who am I to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You add it to your notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For when I and, meet her and give her all of this feedback. <laughs> exactly. When you get secret sessions next yes. era, you'll be like, I've been saving these for you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That would be hilarious. I don't even know what I would. If, if I, like, I... <laughs> I would just be so like, I yeah. If I got it, I would be like, you know what, to pass. Uh, <laughs> like, I can't. That'd be such good content for your podcast. It yeah, would, but I'd be that. so stressed out of being found out and murdered alive in Taylor Swift's <laughs> living room. Yeah, just like Handmaid's Tale style. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more SVU style, you know. Yeah, but that's just <laughs> me. Oh dear. Uh. Um, so then track three is one we already got, which is mm-hmm. Lover, which is her self written um, love song. It's oh. very, very old school Taylor. It sort of has that, not country, but sort of that more singer songwriter vibe. Um, and this is another Jack I love the folksy um, produced. Yeah. I, I thought that, you know, once you get a new album, you kind of forget about the singles because you've already listened to them so much. But I never skip this one. It's probably in my top 10 of Taylor of all time because I just I love it so much. And I think the lyrics are very Taylor-esque. I think the music is so cozy and warm. And I just think altogether, it's a really touching tribute to her relationship. So wait, is this your favorite? No. (laughs) 10. Okay, so top top 10, 10, but not favorite. Oh, wow. But I like how you said that this is one of the singles you don't skip, and that's the same with me. I skip the Archer, I skip the other ones, uh, (laughs) but I don't skip this one. I'm like, wait. It shall not be named. It's like, I like this one. Oh, my goodness. And you like this one, right, Matt? Yes, I really do like this song. I have no complaints. But it's not your favorite. On Lover. It is not my favorite. But, uh, you know, I love a, I love something that has a little bit more energy to it. Like, I mean, I, right. I think this is a really good song and I definitely have listened to it multiple times. But there are some a couple other songs that I like more. This is my third favorite Ooh. song on the album. I've ranked oh. them out. But, but yeah, I think this is really good. And it goes back to I think this is Taylor's strong suit where she's like keying in on these very specific like details that are also really broad and people can relate to. And I think I think. Think that Taylor Swift is best when she's not trying to like come after anybody or like prove a point or <laughs> and is mostly just like focused on like on herself and these mm-hmm. relationships and the good things that are going on in her life. And so I think this is a really, a really solid song. And I, and I, I can see why you wouldn't make this your lead single, but I mm-hmm. also am sort of like, if she, if she could have done like Cruel Summer and then this, and those could have been the lead singles for the album. And I feel like she would right. have ended up. Would you have been surprised then. though, if something like me popped up, if she would have led with Cruel Summer and Lover? <laughs> I think the real takeaway from our discussion is she should have just never had me on the album. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> it's not like she was, she was desperate for songs for the album. It's a long album. I feel like she could have pruned some okay. and me is ripe for the pruning. Okay. <laughs> Put it on Got a bonus that. track or yeah. something. Yeah. 
Um, but we come to our uh, first potential um, for discussion, The Man, which is a Joel Little produ- production, um, Taylor Swift co-write. And like Matt said, this is the feminist anthem that asks the question, what if I were the man, um, how would my career have gone differently? And I have to tell you guys, this is not my favorite. <gasps> so suck on that. I ain't no predictable biatch. <laughs> Shelby, you hate women. I don't know if you knew this, but you hate women now. So No, no. I mean, I think that just speaks to the the greatness of some of these songs to come. I really did love this song. Like, I really do love it. I think it's a, you know, it's a really fist pumping number. Some people think it's pretty elementary in its exploration of feminism but honestly it needs to be said like these lyrics all of them are relatable to me even though i am not like anywhere close to her level but don't you think maybe she ripped off beyonce just a little bit here (laughs) i i wasn't gonna say it (laughs) i am i'm trying to trigger shelby (laughs) trying to do that right there Look, Beyonce is an icon. There have been multiple times in Taylor Swift's career where she has, I don't know, (laughs) accidentally done something that Beyonce has done after Beyonce has done it. I don't think that she necessarily stole a ripped off if I were a boy for this song. I think she wanted to write this separately to like get back at other various figures and sort of and and wasn't it. I don't think this was a a steal like maybe that Mm -hmm. band number at whatever after the Beyonce Coachella (laughs) thing felt a little bit more. I take issue with the idea that she's like trying to stick it to someone. I feel like this is a moment every woman has faced where you like realize you can finally put into words what's been slowly eating at you and grating about your experiences and your in your work life and your personal life where you're like, yeah. why is this so much harder for me? Like what isn't clicking here? And she finally like was able to put words to to music. And she said she's been working on this song for a while. Like she's been trying to figure out how to how to make this sort of statement piece. And so the the issue I have with people saying it's like if I were a boy is just thematically they are so distinctly different. And I love if I were a boy, like catch me karaoke not every time. But that the if I were a boy is about like a romance. It's about a boy getting away with cheating almost because he can he thinks he can. And this is much more like about a career and like sort of a bigger picture um you know, the misogyny of the general world. So I just, I just don't see the connection except the title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think that they're like, I don't think there's a one-to-one. I don't know. I just had to say that out there because so many people have like been pulling that out there. (laughs) Just stirring to see if Matt would take the bait. (laughs) Yes. No. I mean, I think whatever music video that was where she was sort of like dressed like Beyonce and that what I can't remember what that one was, but like there's been some issues along the way. It was a performance um, where she came out. Oh, the you need to calm down the pool party. No, where she has all the best. It's like uh, from a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, look what you made me ba- do. The light yeah. up of the dancers. Yeah. Please. Okay. See, we have so many other things to re- relate her to Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. That's old news. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there's a but, lot of Beyonce, uh, you know, yeah. tributes, we'll call them. I thought I thought that song was, was, was good. I thought it was mm-hmm. fine. It felt to me <laughs> a little bit like... 
she she had what she wanted to say and she felt like she had to put it in a song and i and i'm not exactly sure if it necessarily works as a song as well as as she wants it to i also think it's interesting i think that the sentiment in the song is very is like spot on and very important i think it's interesting coming from Taylor Swift, though, because I think that part of the reason why she's so successful is because she's a woman, not a man. So I sort of am like, if you're a man, you'd, <laughs> I think you'd actually be less successful than you are now. But yeah. but I think the song as a song for other people works well. Would this make the album? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Yeah, yes, yes. I okay. think this makes it. I, th- I mean, this feels like a song that is important and that she would <laughs> want and, and like serves a place within the album. There mm-hmm. are other songs that we'll get to that I feel that I don't know why they're there because I don't understand like <laughs> what I don't I don't think that they're strong lyrically or musically or with a message and this one at least feels like it has a couple of those pieces yeah well and just um just interestingly enough taylor in her most recent vogue cover talked about how she knows she's successful because she was a she started out as a young girl and she never really noticed the sexism or thought there was she never claimed to be a feminist because she never felt like there was this strange pressure against her until she became uh, successful until she became older. And I think that's where the difference is. Like, yeah, of course she got her start because she was a young woman singing about like high school crushes and Joe Jonas. And it was just all very cutesy and fun and frilly and different and youthful. But as soon as she was like churning out these like Dear John and coming for these men or Jake Gyllenhaal during Red, then people were like, no, you're being too emotional. You're calculated. You're you're exaggerating. You're throwing a temper tantrum. And the language changes when you're when you're an adult woman instead of a girl in the industry and any any industry, really. So that's my soapbox for this. Song. I was thinking <laughs> a lot about Taylor Swift and all of her relationships before this podcast. And I think that it it's hard to really compare her and the way that she was treated for those to anybody else. Because when you just think of the sheer number of A-list celebrities that someone has dated, I don't know that I can pick out anyone else who has even dated like half the number of okay. them that she Ryan has. Reynolds, mm-hmm. um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Leo um, and Sandra Reynolds Goss- dated? Gosling's, any of the hit Liam Hemsworth. Like I just, any... But- any person has dated well, high-profile celebrities. Well, but like, how, like how many? Like, who all has Ryan Reynolds dated? Ryan Reynolds has dated Blake Lively. He's dated. Um, actually, I was just looking at a chart of this, and they were all like blonde. He he's married to Scarlett Johansson. He I'd have to look up a list, but I promise there's at least eight high-profile relationships. You know, the thing is, the reason why you can't think of it is because it's not highly publicized, or people don't write articles about it. And but you have Taylor Swift, who people write articles about it, and that's why you know everyone she's dated. Yeah. Well, and the only high-profile relationships she's had is Jake Gyllenhaal, Joe Jonas, Harry Styles, and I guess John Mayer, but. That's four people, you know. Well, Taylor Lautner was a very high profile okay, at that yeah, time. Yeah. We'll say medium profile. Tom Hiddleston. Um, yeah, he came after. Like, I forgot about him. And Calvin, I mean, I don't know. So. Calvin Harris-ish, you know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there, I think that it's just um, like it's hard, it's hard to 
I mean, maybe maybe some of these other people, like maybe Jake Gyllenhaal has dated what eight about famous people. Jennifer I Aniston, just, she's dated a lot of famous people. Well, but but that but getting to the second point about this is also <laughs> that she then wrote songs about a lot of these people too, which like so, sort of like encouraged a I don't know, like like all yeah, of her songs and all of her stuff sure. in general. There's like these like treasure hunty kind of elements mm-hmm. to it of like let's find the Easter eggs, let's count the numbers, and but so when she's like pulling these specific and like sort of hiding them but sort of not mm-hmm. they then it like encourages people to look for it which encourages people to think about it which encourages people to write about it so I mm-hmm. think that there is I, she's just a completely unique figure in that way <laughs> for, set for apart sure. from anybody for else sure. yeah I get that but like I just looked up Ryan Reynolds dating history. Uh, <laughs> Melissa Joan yes. Hart. You have Trailer Howard, oh, who was popular oh. back in the day. Kristen Johnston. She was on um, Third Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, R- Rachel Lee Cook. Alanis <laughs> Morissette. Oh, then cute. you have Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. and Agnes Fisher. Charlize Theron. Oh, my gosh. And then Blake Lively. That. That's nine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That- that is a lot of people. Granted, I did not know who most of those people were, but that was that's probably my age more than yeah, anything. Yeah. But yeah, Taylor Swift has had it is in, an interesting game she plays with the public and sh- how much she's willing to share, how much she plays coy, and it. I mean, that's why we have a podcast. You know, it's fun yeah. to talk about her personal life, but she right. has sort of pulled back, and I think you can kind of see that in this album, especially with the love songs that. We all know who they're about, but it's not as easy to be like, they're not as high profile a relationship, probably because Joe Jonas yeah. is pretty Well, and dull. I think she also is like, um, has figured out sort of like, okay, I don't need to write like one-to-one songs. I feel like in some of her mm-hmm. other albums, especially when, she, when it was like a breakup that didn't go well, she mm-hmm. sort of was like, okay, I want to write this song that sort of gets back at the person. I'm not going to say who they are specifically, but I'm going to leave enough specifics so that like they know that I'm writing about them. But then when she lets them in on it, she's also letting everybody else be able to figure right. out that secret. Where now I think she's like, okay, this is an emotion that I had. But I'm going to sort of like mix up the pieces and 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 maybe take things like specifics out a little bit. Yeah. And I I think she realized I think she realized like when she was doing all of this stuff, like, you know, her first few albums, she's like, oh, my fans like this. They're going to buy more albums or like they want to know about my love life. So she was like, that's a business move purely. And then I think it kind of like turned around and, you know, just stabbed her in the back because it also like ruined relationships also ruined her reputation and so that's how she, like, she's come full circle she's learned that that's not you know even though you know it's going to make her more successful she's going to dial back a little bit and she's still just as successful as ever i know you don't think so but i do <laughs> and album sales will tell you she is very successful still yeah matt she's still successful okay I mean, I, yes, obviously she's still very (laughs) successful. I'm just not sure if like when we're looking at the greatest hits album, you know, in like 20 years, if we're like, okay, were the greatest hits Shake It Off and Blank Space and 22 or were they me (laughs) and you need to calm down? Me doesn't exist in a a universe this year, but um, we got to get going through these tracks. So track five, um, The Archer, which is sort of her raw anxiety trip. Mm -hmm. Um, that she produced with Jack Antonoff. Will he, won't he? Yeah. And I I mean, this is one that 
Ashley and I both hate it at first, but I've actually grown to love a lot. And I not I don't think you're a fan, Matt. No, yeah, I think this is an easy cut. It's like a sign that doesn't <laughs> feel finished. It's it doesn't go anywhere, you know? It like I kept waiting for some kind of like build and maybe Ooh. the point of it is that there isn't one, but yeah. just like as far as a song works, I was like, uh, I want I want there to be like a moment and there wasn't a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that for sure. It left me wanting more. Definitely did. Yes. I, I agree there. And that's what I think that's one thing that she she was playing into was, you know, that's the, the angst of rela- relationship that you get you get all hyped up and sometimes it just drops off. I think she was playing on that emotion. Didn't really work well for me though. I liked it after reading the lyrics. I necessarily it's not my favorite. I agree there. Mm-hmm. And would you take it off of the album? Yes, yes. I think oh, this is the don't. first cut. I feel like moving, <laughs> like, those first four songs are really strong, and then you get to this one, and it sort of, like, um, slows the momentum a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know. I really actually love the first half of the album, because the next song is I Think He Knows, oh my gosh. which is a Jack Antonoff number, and I love this song. It is a bop. It's not my favorite, but I love it. I think he Oh my gosh. Do you not like it? Well, this is where we digress. (gasps) I hated this song. (gasps) I I knew you would. Dang it. No. Weird, like, like, southerny, like, a bless my soul. Like, I don't know. This, (laughs) I just did not connect with this song. I did not know what was going on. Southern right now. Like, I hate southern people. That's the obsession. I'm out. Out to get yeah. them. Um, <laughs> no, I just didn't under like this. It just felt like weird combination of things. I don't know. Oh, I, I did just, not get this. It was song. so fun to me. I Such think this is going to be so fun on tour. Mm-hmm. I just it's one if it came on the radio, you just want to like bounce around and unroll your windows. Like I just I think it's so fun. And I think it also shows that. Yeah, like you were saying, Taylor no longer has to have an exact experience to write about like like Enchanted, where she's writing an entire song about a 15-second encounter with, like, that Owl City guy. Mm -hmm. Now she's just like, oh, isn't it fun when you, like, see someone across the room and you, like, are making eyes at him and you, like, know he knows and you know and it's so exciting. And so she just writes a song about it. And I think... I think it's a delightful bop and I'm surprised you don't like it given your love for 22. like 22 yeah. and yeah <laughs> I the, it, there just it was like too many things going on in this song for uh, me no I, I love know. a part where he, she goes lyrical smile and to go eyes hand my hand on my thigh and just goes fast 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 all those things just thrown into that lyric I love all these things like you hate that it's thrown in I love it I love everything about it yeah. I want to <laughs> sing it it felt very Carly Rae Jepsen mm-hmm, yeah there was like a weird folksy thing going on in here what? that I didn't. I don't know. I think you need to listen to it again, Matt. Honestly, I don't know what happened to you or if you hit I've your head during this. I've only listened to this. like five <laughs> times already. There's I can so only go through so much. So you also said Lover was folksy. <laughs> I would not say that yeah. this is, but, but I on the same level as Lover. Well, <laughs> no, but I liked Lover because it was all folksy. This feels like it's like. <laughs> There's like a part, I don't know. And and yeah, just yeah. think about this. Okay. Instead, we move from the man straight into Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. That just feels like such a good, um, like those songs feel would... like they should sit next to each other on the album. I feel yeah. like they just go together. That's fair. So you, did you like Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince? Yeah, I did. I thought the I thought the high school motif was fun. I It sounded a lot like, like So It Goes. 
Mm-hmm. Is, that's a, yes, I think those two songs sound similar. That's off her mm-hmm. last album. Um, yeah. But yeah, I liked it. Did you guys not like this song? Oh, I loved it. It's not my favorite. I know you you pulled uh, that out there for me. It's not my favorite. But I really liked it. I really liked how she played off of, you know, um, everybody, you know, putting up high school on such a high, uh, you know, pedestal mm-hmm. and, you know, relate it. And she also kind of related it to, you know, Americans and their pride for, you know, USA. She's been friends with people, you know, from different countries specifically. She's been spending a lot of time in London and, you know, they just don't understand this apple pie, 4th of July, homecoming king, queen, um, you know, pride that all Americans seem to have. So she kind of wrote this song, you know, the go fight win based off of that. And fun fact, disappointing too. This is also a reason plays into the factor (laughs) that she doesn't do 4th of July parties anymore at all yeah um but i love this song when you guys are really putting like a gun to my head when it said pick your favorite song on this album this is one of the top like four or five songs on the album for me not my favorite though i really liked it but ties on here a lot of ties (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i definitely liked it when i first listened i was sort of confused because i knew that this supposedly had the political undertones Mm -hmm. and it just went totally over my head so i think it's one i have to like actually sit down and read into before i decide if she pulled it off or not but i really loved the go fight win cheer yeah I did not realize that there was any political energy. Uh, so, well, so even just me. in the title, though, like <laughs> Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, like this, you know, you know, England has the royalty and they're kind of like taking, she, you know, he's taking Taylor away. You know, she's like Miss America to all of us. And he's like breaking all of these hearts of like people from Americans because, you know, her pride isn't as high to, as it is. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of see the parallel and why it's called, why he's the heartbreak prince. It's not because he's breaking, like, her heart. I don't think it has anything to do with that. But I really like the song. A small edit here. I think it should have been Miss Americana and the Half-Blood ah, yes. Or, you know, a beautiful <laughs> Harry Potter reference. But. You're not the only one. Yeah, it would be perfect. But um, it's like, it's also very halsey. And it reminds me a lot of like Lana, yeah. Lena Del Rey. And so it was yeah. fun to hear her explore something different. Um, but it's kind of middle of the pack for me. I take it back. I'm... I'm looking. It's number 10 for me. I'm sorry. It's not number five. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Whoa. Quite See, it's hard. I, I love all yeah. of them so much. <laughs> um, well, let's find out how you feel about the next one because we have Paper Rings, which is a Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff pairing yet again. Um, so, Ashley, I said this. Actually, I said this is both of yours favorites. Yes. So, was I right? Matt, you first. Uh, no, you were Dang not. It. I'm sorry. That's okay. Mm. Um, you know how I said that there is a tie. Okay. This is one of my favorite songs. There are two. Oh, good. And this is oh. they're, they're just two totally different songs. And this is this is it. Oh. This is my boppy. This I'm gonna, is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. This is my absolute favorite too. So, and this is why sorry, we have a podcast together. I know. Precious. Aww, Precious. So sweet. <laughs> but I just love that this is very like 60s, 70s, like girl punk rock where it has that sort of frenetic energy and it's just she's just like chanting so fast and it just builds and builds and she's sort of shouting in it and it's just so 
fun. Like you turn it on and I'm just immediately dancing. I love it so much. And like boppy and you like I kind of want to like just kick my feet out kind of like foot loose and just kind of dance like that. That's what it makes <laughs> yeah. me want to do. It really does. Yeah. It really does. It, it's <gasps> sort of like if our song was sung by Avril Lavigne. You know what I mean? Ooh. Like it's sort of like this love song, sort of a silly bop, but it has this like high energy there and sort of a little bit of mm-hmm. surprising, I don't know, tension. But Matt, did you enjoy this at all? Yeah, I liked it. I feel like it's sort of middle of the pack. I didn't have oh. really very many thoughts on okay. it. I thought it was fun, mm. but not anything. I think like what was crazy, so crazy. delightful about this too is like obviously it's about Joe Alwyn, and the idea is she doesn't she doesn't need fancy things. She'd marry him with paper rings, and I just love like Joe Alwyn is such an interesting muse to me because frankly I just don't get it. I don't think he's I don't think he's gorgeous. I don't think he seems that funny or interesting. But Taylor seems enamored by him. Yeah. And this song had a lot of fun little Easter eggs, I guess, of where she's like opens it and she admits that she went home to try and Google him, which is just hilarious oh. because at the time he had like nothing to do. I tried to Google him too. And then also nothing. Just this- who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just this like sort of self-own where she's like, yeah, I could buy myself all the fanciest things, but you're just a poor little moderately successful actor. So if you can only afford a paper ring, like that's totally fine with me too. It's sort of this. No, I, you get a little bit of their like his personality too. Like he's jumping in pools and like they're like, ta- you know, talking about dirty yeah. dreams and it just... I think that there's more to him than we know. <laughs> I think he's this quirky, dry humor London boy sorry. that we we don't know. I feel like their relationship, to me at least, f- seems fairly obvious. I feel like I have lots of friends where where somebody who is sort who has a really big personality and could be you know kind of described as maybe like a lot or you know like somewhat difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> like a big personality. I think a lot of times, like my grandparents are like this. Like my mom, my grandma is like a big, huge personality, like very particular, likes to run things, likes to be in charge, like is a little bit emotional sometimes. And so you find somebody who is sort of like the opposite of you, who is very like strong and stable hmm. and not necessarily super like, you're making a lot of gregarious or fun or over the top, yeah. but just yeah. like, but just like a very like chill, cool, awesome have- person. <laughs> You have not seen photos of this dude back in uni. (laughs) Very quirky photos of him back in uni. Just saying. (laughs) I mean, he's an actor. So, but I feel like (laughs) compared to some of the other people who she's dated, who, who, who also feel like they could be Mm -hmm. even bigger personalities than she is. He feels kind of bland. Yeah, exactly. I think it's sometimes what you need in a relationship. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, she found it because then we have um, Cornelia Street, which is the big like ballad we've come to expect from Taylor Swift. It's almost five minutes long and um, she self wrote it and it's called Cornelia Street. Um, So how did you guys feel about it? Um, It was okay. I like it when I listen to it. Oh, when I listen to it, I like I don't skip it. It's just not my favorite song. Uh Um. You know, there's a lot to it that we find out with Swifties. You know, at, at the moment the track list dropped, Cornelia Street, people were Googling Cornelia Street and Taylor. And, you know, she rented, she says in the song too, she rented a, you know, a, a apartment on Cornelia Street. And I, I like it though. Like, 
I like the meaning behind it about how like if this love ever leaves, if anything happens to him, if they break up, like she's not going to be able to walk down Cornelia Street. We've all had those moments with people we've loved. If something happened to them, if we had a like broke up with someone, we couldn't, you know, go to the our similar haunts with them anymore. So I like the meaning behind it. I really do. Mm-hmm. I like the chorus. I think once we get into more of like the bridge and the chorus, I'm more into it. But it's just not it's not my favorite. And you guys didn't guess that one, so no shock. Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you like? Did you not like it, Shelby? No, I liked it. I think this oh. is like top five ish for me. I I just love listening to her. You can kind of just see her emotional thought process in these like self written songs, and I like that she gave us this again. It's not overproduced. It's not necessarily a pop song, and so I just really it's a nice chill down from the yeah from the paper other ring Miss Americana, and then you just kind of and I think he knows. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, surprise, surprise, no! guys. No! This is my favorite no. song on the guess! album. Dang it. I just didn't know if you were more pop. I was judging you off of 22. I Well, there, there's your problem. No, uh, on the last, it's you're on, from New York. what was the last album? Reputation. Because mm-hmm. of, on, on Reputation, my favorite two songs were Getaway Car. And what's that slow one that's like toward near the end that was a single that was really good? Delicate? That has like a long title. No, it's like a, it's like seven a words. Title. This is... It's toward the end. It was one of this the is why we can't have nice things. The... No. Nope. What's a single? Slower. It has a same. It has a similar vibe to this. Dancing with our hands tied. This is really embarrassing that you two are so decent. <laughs> well, I'm candy. trying to think of like a this. singles that <laughs> you're giving us. Yeah, you're giving us weird clues. How I'm many signs are on the back half of Reputation? Not that many. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I don't have the entire track list in order memorized. Call it what you want. Wow. I, yes, oh, that's you want. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edit this out. Yeah. Yeah. Edit yeah, this yeah, out, yeah. Shelby. Our credibility <laughs> is, is shot. Matt <laughs> yeah. has control, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, no. no. This was my favorite. I felt like it hit on those like emotional things in like very poignant specific okay. moments of like yeah if you go through a relationship and you have a breakup there are certain things that it's like that thing is always connected mm-hmm. in your brain to a mm-hmm. certain person and so you feel like you're sort of like have to be done with it and I thought it was it had a good build to it it has the lyrics are interesting but it also like is it's still like a little bit poppy it's not like as slow as as lover Mm-hmm. Also, yesterday, I was getting brunch with two of my friends who have been <laughs> on the podcast before, Sarah and Sierra, and I had like an hour before I needed to be at an improv practice, and we were like, oh, what should we do? And they're like, oh, let's go to the Taylor Swift <gasps> pop-up in New York, <laughs> Did you which go? I was like, oh, gosh, like... Is there any place I'd rather be less? <laughs> but on our way, we walked by Cornelia Street because it was there. And let me tell you, Cornelia Street is no is not a pretty street. It is only a block <laughs> long. There's not much going on there. And if you lived in New York and never walked down Cornelia Street, you would be 100% fine. It is like <laughs> not anything like, to write yeah. home about. Yeah. Well, There's she like, did it un- and you loved it. On one end is like a hot dog place and a like adult porn store. And on the other (laughs) end is like a cheese shop. So it's not a lot going on there. Were Swifties there? Were Swifties there singing Cornelia Street? 
No, I thought there was going to be a lot of them. They were not. However, they were all at this pop-up shop, just like in line mm-hmm. to sit on this couch or whatever that was there and buy <laughs> some like airbrush painted t-shirts. So You are talking there, about my so. weekend. Be nice. Oh my <laughs> gosh. My were you there yesterday? Maybe <laughs> no, I walked by you. I left yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I was there oh, okay. on Saturday and on Friday. Funny enough. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was a madhouse. My condolences. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we carry on yes. to the Death by a Thousand Cuts, which is Taylor and Jack again. And this was close to my favorite. I love this song. Yeah, I really like this too. It's so good. I, and I love the whole thought behind it too. And it kind of reminds me of Love Story where she, you know, just kind of took an idea, took a, you know, the whole Romeo and Juliet right. and she wrote a song based about it. And, you know, Death mm-hmm. by a Thousand Cuts is, and I don't know if you guys have covered this on your podcast, but you have um, someone great and she watched it. She cried during mm-hmm. it and it affected her so much that she would dream about it and she'd wake up in the middle of the night and she's like, oh my God, something she probably thought she would never do on on this album because it's like it's all about like love and she's in a different point of her life but she talked you know she's writing a breakup song based off of this and it's it's so great and she even told the writer she's like oh you know it's based off of someone great and the writer had listened to one of her songs or her albums and was like really because i wrote someone great based off of one of your songs so it's just full circle it was meant to be I loved it. I loved to take something so simple and just, you know, something she hasn't, she's not even experiencing at the time and create it into this masterpiece. It's beautiful. And everyone should watch Someone Great because it's on my top 10 and I told everyone about it already. My love for Lizzo strengthened. (laughs) Watching Gina just like dance to that. I was like, yes, I love Lizzo, but I'm even more obsessed based off of this. Side point, not Taylor Swift. Yes, it's a great sort of, it's a very upbeat breakup song and it's just a delightful it it stands there with all i all you had mm-hmm. to do was stay and um and a bunch of other great breakup hits by taylor and it just proves she's really good at channeling that sort of angsty sadness mm-hmm. so congrats to her um then we get to a uh, controversial number london, london boy, boy which um mm-hmm. this is also with a different production and writing team so it was Produced by Jack Antonoff, but also Soundwave. And it was written by Taylor Swift, Mark Anthony Spears, Jack, and Cautious Clay. So a lot of hands were on deck for this. I said that this was your least favorite. Was I right, Matt? Ah! No, you were very wrong. I really like this song. Uh, I'm glad that it's up there for you then. Because that doesn't, it doesn't make me feel bad. It ends the what I would consider the stronger portion of the album. (laughs) And then we're going to be moving (laughs) into the kind of dregs after this. But I I thought this is a fun, like boppy song. It's clearly (laughs) about Joe, who's British. I also loved watching on Twitter all of the British people just dissect the geography of this song and be like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is not like anywhere that anyone know, would actually like, go from the UK. And that's but what's fun about it's it. It's like watching a New York movie when you live in New York. You're yes, like, this isn't yes. real, but it's uh-huh. still sweet, you know? <laughs> yes, it's fun. Anyways, and I love the way that she says high gate whenever she gets to yes. that section Hi. of the song. And so. I love, I think my favorite thing of this entire release is all the Swifties who were like, 
OMG, is that Joe's voice at the beginning of London Boy? No. Which is so funny because it's Idris Elba, who has one of the most distinctive voices. And also, I just I cannot even picture that sound coming from the whitest boy I've ever <laughs> seen, Mr. Joe no. Alwyn. Like, it's just so funny to picture. And I'm just imagining it. Have you not seen Boy Erased? Right yeah, before he's like, hey. he tries to rape <laughs> Lucas Hedges. He... You want to get on my scooter? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> go, go through London, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. <laughs> oh, great. It is a great song. It's very poppy and it'll be so fun on tour. And I can't This wait. should have also been a... This could have been a lead single. Death by a Thousand I Cuts could have been have, a lead there's single. There's another single yeah. coming out. We like, just don't know what it is. It, that's the rumor. And, well, yeah, but you know the lead well, the, singles these were are all better uh, than me. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Theme of the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get to a sad song. Um, Soon you'll get better, featuring the Dixie Chicks, which is um, Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff again. And this is about her mother's bout with uh, cancer. Who and she's. I don't, we don't know mm-hmm. the details of it at all. She never really talks about it, but this year she did say that her mom had cancer again and was yeah. uh, getting treatment again. So this is a very raw and personal song for her. She can't, she says she'll probably never play it. She can't, she walked mm-hmm. out of the room during secret sessions for it. She gets emotional just talking about it. Um, did it, I mean, <laughs> cold word to say, but did it work for you guys? Do you guys, did you enjoy this? It's so like hard it? because I liked it. You know, I really like. I cried. I liked it. It's powerful. It's moving. Um, it's well written. But I can't listen to it. I can't. And I, so I get where Taylor's coming from. I personally haven't had any parents or any close ones, uh, you know, pass away. But you know, I've had those moments where, like, you know, my mom was rushed to the hospital. Like she could have died. I've had those moments and it just like brings me back. And it's like, right now I'm even thinking it's just too tearful. Even just imagining it. Like I just, I listened mm. to it twice and I was on the airplane for a second time and I was bawling and I was like, nope. And I skip it just because it's just, <laughs> no. but it's, it's what yeah. people need. And I know it was very cathartic for her. And she said during her the lover's lounge, right before when she premiered her, the a music video right before she dropped the album, that it was, you know, she talked to her family about it. It was all like this big decision that she's like, should we put this on here? Because it was so like, I think this is her most raw song she's ever, ever produced. And it's just, it just mm-hmm. makes me feel for mm-hmm. Andrea Swift too. Because I, we just don't know where she's at. Just so you guys know, you know, I was at all of these events in New York City. And if anyone knows Andrea, her mom is her best friend. Her mom's everywhere with her at all the concert, at all of her release parties. Every She's everywhere. And she was nowhere to be seen this weekend. You saw Scott Swift. You saw um, Todrick. Mm-hmm. You saw all these people. You didn't see her mom. And then just, and in the song, too, it's like, I, you know, I'm saying soon you'll get better because I need you to. Like, am I being disillusioned? And it's just, it's yeah, it's heartbreaking. Well, Matt, um, do you have thoughts on that? Do you agree uh, with that? Or uh, you're not a yes. fan? <laughs> uh, no, no, this is a very beautiful song. And and, oh, the, and the message is, you know, very, like, very mm-hmm. heartfelt. Yeah. My question about this is why get the Dixie Chicks to come on your album and then <laughs> yeah. sing backup it's, to yeah. you on, on uh, like, a song that, like, so emotional? I feel like... It's her mom's Dixie favorite band. Such- 
But even still, like, yeah, why not I give them the a same verse, thing. give them a right. something? And then if you're going to use them so heavily in the promotion, you know, we have pictures of the Dixie Chicks and all of these other videos and things. Mm-hmm. It's right. like, and and Natalie Maines is, has such a great voice. I don't know why mm-hmm. she didn't give her a bridge, give her a chorus, give her a something. Well, you know, the Dixie Chicks are coming out with a new album. Who's not to say that all of these little um, pieces are also like, Easter eggs for her being on their album too. So there's also that side too. Oh, she's she's singing backup on their album. Yeah. <laughs> she's just, uh, yeah. And she's she's done other country stuff before. So there's also, yeah. you know, it's been 13 years since the Dixie Chicks have released an album. This is a 13th year of Taylor. Who knows? Maybe she's going to be hopping on there. Yes. Yeah, you well, heard it here first. Yeah. That's why I thought it was so surprised. Like, I was surprised when I heard that they were going to yeah. be on the album at all because they mm-hmm. are, you know, like, haven't done anything in a while. But then I was like, oh, well, this is a, you know, a big moment. But then, yeah, they just, like, like if you did not know you that forgot, that was the Dixie yeah. Chicks, oh, you yeah. would not even know that, they, that there was somebody else on the song because it <laughs> yeah. could, it's just, like, they're literally yeah. just singing background vocals for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an interesting song. It's called False God, and it's another Taylor and Jack partnership. So it's very R&B, starts with a trumpet and... Um, very jazzy. I don't know, you guys. It didn't work for me, I'm going to be honest. I still don't love it. <laughs> it's not my favorite. Is it your Is least it, favorite? It's not, not my it. least favorite. Is it your least favorite? No, it's not. I, I feel oh, like... Okay. W- the, the whole album is is fairly strong up through you know London Boy and Soon You'll Get Better is obviously like very personal um, and a different type of song. But mm-hmm. I feel like after that, the the album is just like at this point, it's so it's such a long album. It's losing steam, and I feel mm-hmm. like she didn't really save a lot for like the last couple tracks. It just feels uh-huh. like kind of like uh, well, like right. going rumor, out with a whisper. Rumor has it. The, this song is about um, oral sex. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Ashley, uh, <laughs> well, this is a it's not about it. friendly show. <laughs> okay. My and gosh. You can edit this out as you want, but it's a very sexual song. It's very, you know, they're I worshiping mean, yeah, this yeah. love. And then she's yeah. talking about how religion is his lips <laughs> and the altar is... It's her hips. And and you will think these 13, 14 year old Swifties who are on Twitter and Tumblr tweeting this stuff out. Oh my gosh. Well, this took a turn I didn't see coming. It is Taylor at her dirtiest. Oh my gosh. I love that. What was the (laughs) what was the thing on rep that was like super dirty that people were like there's like a necklace on her neck or something, and people were like, Oh, we all know what that means, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is yep. so funny. I mean, I knew the song was sexual, but to make it so explicit oh and um, exact is yeah. very strange to me. I am not taking credit for that. I'm yeah. <laughs> no, Ashley thinks this song is about oral sex, yes. everyone. That yes, is that's a theory amazing. she came up with. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's an interpretation. Well, that is moving up the list for me, guys. <laughs> 
I'll have to give it another listen. Yeah. And maybe this time it won't put me to sleep as much. Yeah. Someone said, um, they're like, when I conceive my children, this will be playing in the oh background. Oh, my dear Lord. That is but do that But does that person know how, to, how you conceive children? Because as far as I'm concerned, that's not the usual method. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, foreplay matters, Matt. You know. You okay. To, okay. You need to get... Anyways, I think we can all take a lesson from her next song, which is you need to calm down. And um, this oh, is the gay gosh. anthem. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt's a hater. We're yeah. just fine with it. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. much else to say. What's one of your favorites of her first three singles, right, Shelby? Oh, me? This? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, if I had Out of to, her first three singles. Out of yeah. her first three, I guess it would be second. So, yeah. Second, yeah. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> Um, uh, but it, this wasn't your least favorite, was it, Matt? No, I, this one for me, like this. If we're trying, if we have to reach thirteen songs, I'm gonna keep this on the mm-hmm. album. Okay. But, but it's not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's number like, twelve. You know, it's stuck in your whatever. head. It's catchy. It'll be there for a while. I think um, I liked it more without the music video too. So yeah. if I pretend <laughs> I never saw anti. that, I might like it more. Oh. Yeah, okay. it was a little bit too much queer baiting for Matt, which is which is fair. Um, which we talked then, about too on our yeah. podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, humble. A plug there but um <laughs> afterglow is the next one and this is another one with louis bell and frank dukes and adam k feeney and mm-hmm. i did not like this one at first but now i actually really love it yeah uh, same here I-, I didn't like it at first i'm nervous to know what ashley thinks this song is about <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have any hot takes? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just off of Afterglow, we all know what yeah. this is about. Yeah. This is yeah. post pre <laughs> Yeah. That's my first thing when I saw. Yeah. A- when I, I'm not lying. I saw Afterglow and I was like, "Is like, this oh, gonna yeah. be the song that follows dress?" <laughs> She's pregnant? Yeah. No. Yes. No. No. <laughs> what happens after she takes off that dress? That's you know. <laughs> Anyways, no cuddling for them. I'm. No, I liked this song oh. a lot. The meaning behind it, kind of. You know, yeah, being married. It. Yeah, being married to me is not easy. And I am feisty, and I fight a lot, and I, like, sent this to my husband, and I was like, this is my song to you whenever (laughs) I get mad at you. Here you go. And he's like, it's okay. I always choose you. And I was like, oh. Oh, Pikachu. No, it's very cute. I mean, it's nice, because one of the complaints Taylor gets is, like, maybe you're the problem. And she's, like, been Mm -hmm. very self-aware on this album, I think, where she is, like, yeah, I'm overdramatic. Yeah, I know I have this tendency. I'm sorry I picked this fight. I'm sorry I have these neuroses and this insecurity. And this song is really a nice way to kind of show that she has to let go of those barriers in a relationship if it's going to work because she can't always be on the defensive. Well, some people think that this is like a breakup song to Tom Hiddleston. Oh my! Which word. I was kind of, and I was, I was more like, I think it's more of like when you're in a relationship, but, you know, yeah, and you get in a fight, sense. you know. I know, I didn't, I didn't get that either. I was like, but okay, she's saying to meet him, meet her in the afterglow. So like, what is she? I gonna know that's what I was confused about. Yeah, I was like, whatever. She's like, because like I'm the one who burned us down. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean, yeah. Anyways, that's anyways. fair. <laughs> uh, so then we come to um, me, the song that started it all. Yeah, which is kind of a funny because she's in Afterglow. She's like, oh, you know, I'm the one. I'm, I'm, 
<laughs> it's all me. <laughs> Just don't go. And then it's like, but you're never you know going to find another one like me. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like... I feel like Afterglow, like just like the title of it, where it is on the album, it's like sound. It That feels to me like that's where the album should have stopped. Like, mm-hmm. I like that song. It feels mm-hmm. like it would be have been a fine last song for the album. Me feels weird that it's in here. It feels like fake yeah. energy this far in, in between all of these sort of like slower songs. The spelling mm. part, which she cut out, it's like it's weird <laughs> that that was in there. Brendan Yuri feels like a strange person out of all the people to actually be singing on your album. That yeah. he's the only one you pick. Like I, it, uh, this whole thing. Just why was this the lead single? Like I what, don't know. What was going on in her mind? Somebody needs to like. I think no. she was just like feeling herself and she just got her head a little too high in the clouds and thought she was being funnier than she was, you know, like, like it's sort of like how she's obsessed with Paddington memes on Tumblr. Like she constantly reblogs Paddington jokes and I just don't think they're funny, but, but I think it just, I think she just channeled like the, ba- very... like the bear, the yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause sometimes yeah. she wears coats and, and people like pretend they're, her wore it better basically yeah. it's very weird man it's a very childish side of is tumblr she, do we think that taylor swift is funny because i feel like she doesn't really she thinks <laughs> I she's think funny she but is. she's not mm-hmm. i think she's i think she's funny when she's snarky i think she's less i think her sense of humor though isn't as funny as she maybe i don't when know she's forcing just, it how does she, yeah <laughs> like i think she's clever and quick-witted and has this level of snark that is very funny but I think when she's thinking she's being funny, and I don't know. I don't know. It's a unique thing. Yeah, she's thing. not really goofy. Like yeah, Maybe yeah. she thinks she's being goofy. Yeah. Next yeah, time I, I hang know. out with this her, song, yeah. I will let you know. Pass. I will report Yeah, back. we'll bring it up. Yeah. But this Was is this my least favorite. everyone's least favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like that was too obvious. I wondered if you had given it a second chance, Ashley. No, but. you know, I mean, I'll sing along to it at, you know, when I was at Good Morning America, she sang it. I'll sing along to it. It's a bop. It's fun to kind of like dance around to. Well, it's like at tour, it's going to be fun. Like I'm excited. I'm not excited for this song, but she'll make it, you yeah. know, she'll make it something. Um, it's also kind of like I that funny inside joke. What, what? I just, I forgot I'd have to listen to it on tour. I just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I listened to it like three times time. um, at Good Morning America. I'm a little bit done with it. But it's kind <laughs> yeah. of like that funny inside joke of like, oh, she took the course out. But uh, it's, yeah. It's yeah. This will be, this will be fun though to see on tour because it'll literally be watching Baychella just uh, <laughs> unfold before your eyes. So maybe Beyonce. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe Beyonce will we'll come see. out. Maybe she'll be one of the guests. That would be amazing. Oh my yeah, gosh. I would only. be shook. Shook. Yeah. shook. Um, so then these we get to the last two songs, and they're kind of the more different ones. Oh my gosh. Um, we have It's Nice to Have a Friend, which um, is very different for her, and it sounds straight out of Big Little Lies. Love so it. And I dun, said that, dun, dun. love it. My no! least favorite song. Your least favorite. I, I knew it. I was song. gonna say. Oh. I was like, "What is this piece of trash?" Shut. It. It. Yes. It sounds exactly ah. like Big Little Lies. I. The lyrics are weird. It's so bad. I was like, <laughs> I. I listened to it. Tw- I listened to it once and was like, I can never listen to that song again. <laughs> it was so terrible. And then forced myself to listen to it a second time. And then I was. Uh, 
chatting on Instagram with friend of the podcast, Marin Polo. And she was like, I'm sorry that you have to go through this Taylor Swift stuff. And I was like, I think I just, you know, like listened to one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life in this. It's nice to have a friend. And then she was like, she went and listened to it and came back and was like, why did you make me do that? That was the like, <laughs> she was like, those are moments I will never be getting back from. Do you want to know so, something? This was Shout just, out. this ugh. is my is second number one. I love, I oh, love man. the song. Um, That's wild. Oh, I don't know. I love the, how different it is. I love how she like, <laughs> I no, thought this was going to be no. your least I love how like, you just kind of go from like having this friend and like, then like it goes up from like the childhood <sighs> to like the teenage to like, you know, <sighs> I don't know, bringing someone home. People think this is very gay. They're, people uh-huh. think. They think this is about Carly. Oh, people think that she's married because of this. I think the whole album's about Carly. People think it's about Carly because because she went from friends to more and it was like oh you're so brave to put your hand on my hand or something I don't know I don't no I like this I love I love the sound I love it kind of sounds and you one of my all time favorite movies and all time favorite soundtracks is Five Hundred Days of Summer and I feel like this is something that would be on that soundtrack that and Lover and um, I'm obsessed with it (laughs) although my husband was like do you think it's a little like cultural appropriation and I looked at him and I was like what are you talking about he's like this sounds like Moulin Rouge and like an Asian little theme. He's like, hey, can't you just, he's like, can't you just see it? And I was like, what are you talking about? And then he started th- 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 singing the, um, I don't know, the the man song or something from there. I was like, honey. So he was like, yeah, he's like, it sounds like it has like Asian twang oh, to it. I was like, Oh, Never bring so him funny. on my podcast. I was like, that I don't know what you're so doing. <laughs> oh my word! I heard this song was about oral sex. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it is to have nice to have a friend who will do that. So, my <laughs> God, <laughs> Ashley, you are uh, you are off the uh, off the cut. Wow, <laughs> this is a lot. We've been podcasting too long. (laughs) Yeah. This is going on far too long. We're all slap silly. The last song is daylight, Mm -hmm. boring, bland, whatever. I love this. I love this. In fact, this was supposed to be the name of the album, but then she wrote Lover and was like, wait, Lover's the name of the album. So, yeah. Yeah. I think this is a great, I think this is a great ending. I think it speaks to her rebirth of like, of realizing like she can't just be she can't have these walls up in her relationship in her music she can't be controlling and calculated as much as she has been she can't think she has a control on everything and she's just like you know what i don't want to be dragged down by that he said she said the drama of it all she just wants to be remembered for what she loves and she's trying to grow up and put that positive spin and own her flaws and her everything and i just love it so much Mm -hmm. So we have to wrap up because well, yes. this is a long podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Before- I can talk about oh Taylor my forever. Gosh. No. It's Taylor's fault. It's 18 tracks. What are we supposed to do? Yes, honestly. She she really served this one there. <laughs> um, but before we go, I feel like I want to know where this sits in your like Taylor Swift album rankings. Mm. Like, it's is a this a favorite? Is a this a least favorite? Like, where where does it go? I think it's really, I think about this a lot and it's hard to say because you're riding off the high of new music, mm-hmm. but I really gotcha. do think this is a strong album and I think it would be number three for me behind 1989 and Red. Yeah. Number two for me. Um, Red is number one and then this is number two and then 1989 and then it just kind of falls under. 
Yeah. The rest don't Oh my matter. gosh. Yeah. We're all agreeing. I mean, I oh, haven't listened to the first yeah. three albums, so I don't know, but I feel like, yeah, it's 1989, Red, then this, and then Reputation. Although, oh, I do I, like Sierra and Sarah were both like, Reputation is her greatest album. It's like her greatest work <gasps> of art. And I was like, what are you talking what? about? Like, I have a friend who says the same thing. Like, like, have you listened to it? No. (laughs) Like, there's some great songs Mm -hmm. on rap that are in my top 10, but as a whole, like, no. I like the the era. The first half of that album is just, uh, yeah. (laughs) But this is a good one. Everyone should listen to it. Let us know what you think about the tracks, if we read them right, if we got them wrong. Um, (laughs) Ashley, it has been such a pleasure to have you on here to really just put Matt in his place and to give us the lowdown (laughs) on the more sexual nature of this (laughs) album. Thank you for that. Of course, if you're more interested in our takes, we do deep dives into each song. So follow us at Swiftish Podcast um, on any podcast you want. And then on Twitter, we're SwiftishPod13. So feel free to follow us if you want a little bit more detail and a line-by-line breakdown on just what False God is about. You'll find it there eventually. (laughs) Um, But for our end, we are PSU Wrong, and we have had so much fun. This has been a joy for me, probably less so for Matt, but I hope you've felt somewhat um, educated and... uh no, this was great. This was so much fun. I feel like I I got to put some of my Taylor Swift knowledge to use after listening to that podcast for so yes. long. I have just like things reverberating in my mind that I have no, <laughs> yes. you, you know, really outlet for. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Ashley. Oh, thank and you. And for all of your great takes. This was a blast. It was so much fun to finally meet you after listening to you for so long. Yeah. Um, and But yeah, if you want to follow us, we're at P.S. You're wrong on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter. And also you can leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, which would be great. Um, Do you have anything else to plug, Ashley, before we head out? No, not at all. But thank you so much for having me. She was featured in an L article, so let the record show that. Yeah, Shelby was too. I believe it was called... um, Taylor's top 10 most sexual songs. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 definitely a piece you expert. should all look up. That's it. Yeah. Yes. That is it. <laughs> well, if you have stuck around for all hour and a half of this, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we will be back next Tuesday with another pop culture roundup. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>